This podcast is brought to you by Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers app from the App Store or Google Play Store. Must be 21. Available in Virginia only. Void where prohibited. Terms and conditions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 532 3500. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. You're now listening to Boomsies with Dan O'Toole on the Bet Rivers Network. Happy holidays. I just had a coughing fit. I swallow, I choke on my saliva at least once a day, and I have a, a fear that I'm going to die from choking on my own saliva. I don't know if that's possible, but I think it's going to happen to me. So I, I apologize <clears throat> for my uh, teary eyes. Hope you're enjoying uh, your time with friends and family. Although there is a point of the holidays where you're like, okay, I've had enough visiting. I want to visit with myself. And they can and you almost pray for bad weather so you don't have to go anywhere. Sorry, can't go anywhere. It's bad weather. So hopefully you're having friends and family over or not, whatever makes you happy. Uh, this is episode 50 of Boomsies, the Tom Hankey episode. Tom Hankey, World Series champion with the Toronto Blue Jays. He was on the 92 championship team, not the 93. And uh, that means he didn't play the Phillies in 93. Philadelphia, home of our special guest for today, broadcast royalty, Andrew Perloff, a.k.a. McLovin. And if you're from Philadelphia and we're speaking to you from the Toronto region, we can't help but talk about the 93 Phillies, the most unlikable baseball team in the history of baseball. Uh, Dan, you have it exactly wrong. They are the most character driven (laughs) and for a young Andrew Perloff. So we had two things going on in Philly. We had Buddy Ryan, who was the NFL coach who put a bounty out on the opposing kicker. Now, that's how football is supposed to be played. And we had this team filled with steroid users and part-time criminals, some full (laughs) criminals. But look at that team. John Cruck, great character, all-time character. Darren Dalton uh, and his wife from Hooters. Lenny Dykstra, unbelievable. You couldn't invent Lenny Dykstra. Peter Cavilia. What was not to like about the team? How could you not like that team? And Mitch Wilding Williams, you got to like him. He served up that fastball right in the middle of the plate for Joe Carter. Uh, Pete Incavilli, greatest college baseball player of all time. Definitely. No doubt. How about well, Jim? You left out Jim Eisenreich. He was a terror. Yeah. Didn't Jim Eisenreich have Tourette syndrome? I believe he did. He did, actually. Yeah. He was Mickey really, Morandini. Really... What about Mickey uh, Morandini? I, I will never forget Mickey Morandini. I assumed your, your audience has forgotten Mickey Morandini. <laughs> well, Kevin Stocker at shortstop. Oh, my. It was an amazing team. Is it just me, or did we have better names of baseball players back in, like, the 80s and 90s? The the names have become boring. Like, Mickey Morandini, that's just a 90s baseball player name. Well, the thing is, Dan, at our age, do we really know today's baseball players? Because when I was a kid, I knew the Milwaukee Brewers lineup back and forth. I knew every lineup. I collected baseball cards. Now I have no idea. I watch a baseball game. I'm like, who's that guy? But there's an 11-year-old kid my daughter goes to school with who knows the stats of every single player in the entire National League. So I think when you get older, your brain pushes all that out. So maybe that's nostalgia. Maybe the names are good now. We just don't know the names. Okay, so you answer a question that I actually asked the question a few podcasts ago because I brought up bit players on the Blue Jays. Like I would know... Lou Thornton and yeah. um, Alexis Infante. Like these are September call-ups that I knew yeah. all their stats. And I'm like, do people care as much now? So yes, I guess it's just the age in which you're at and you become truly invested. I thought well, I maybe think, it was just a, a, an eighties or a nineties thing. Well, I think baseball is probably less popular. 
So that's a big deal. Remember, it was it was probably in the number one sport in 1985, but now it's third behind or fourth because you got NFL in America, college NFL, college football, NBA, and then baseball. So it used to be flipped on its head, I think. I think that's part of it. But, yeah, I think your brain can only fit so much data. Also, we only had, like, three stats back then, batting average, RBIs, and home runs. <laughs> and now there's, like, VORP and war and who needs all that yeah. stuff. And I refuse to actually wander into the, the new, the next-gen stats. No. I'm like, nope, give me average RBI home runs. That's all I need. That's all my brain can hold. You should do what I do, Dan. I pretend because like I'm kind of nerdy. I wear glasses that I understand analytics. So I'll I'll say, you know, I'll say to my co-host Maggie Gray on the Maggie and Perloff show, I'll say, oh, like you don't understand analytics are good for football. And here's why. I have no idea what they mean or how they work, <laughs> but I'm definitely pro analytics with very little understanding of how it actually applies to the game, except on fourth down and one, I guess the analytics say go for it. And Every team, if you ignore them, then you're you're left to the you're left in the weeds. Yeah, yeah. Every team well, has an analytics department now. Every team has a nerd department. Yeah, and well, the teams that win. I mean, the Red Sox with Theo Epstein when they won the World Series, they had they started to go to analytics. Uh, it was a great piece by Tom Berducci and SI about how they saw David Ortiz as a great value in Minnesota because he took all these walks and that built their dynasty. So, I mean, there obviously is, I've read Moneyball. I like, there's obviously something to it, but now they go out. Now they kind of go overboard a little bit. So you read Moneyball. Yeah. Did you see the movie? I did see the movie. I've seen what it. What was better times. is the book is always better than the movie in everything. No, no, right. No. The book is amazing. Uh, yeah. The book is, is great. Uh, I've seen, the Book of the Blind Side by Michael Lewis, who wrote Moneyball, is also very good. The movie with Sandra Bullock is completely different. The, the Blind Side's like Moneyball for football. So, yeah, I think it's so different. It's such a weird book to make a movie out of. Like, why would you make a movie out of that book? I, I don't know. <laughs> no. <laughs> and it was still it's pretty entertaining. Because if it wasn't Brad Pitt, though, I don't know if we would have liked that movie as much. And if they, you know, David Justice was in it, so I was kind of into it, but it wasn't great. Remember when uh, someone tried to, uh, one of uh, David Justice's exes tried to, oh. wasn't it Left Eye, tried to burn down his house? Yes. She well, was, was in the group. She was in that trio and she uh, was a jilted ex and tried to burn down his house. Wait, is that what happened? Are we sure that was the, <laughs> I think you're right. But I don't know if somebody can Google that real quick. I think you're right. This is, this is a story where I'm conjuring up from some sort of memory that I have of something something happening. No, no, no. I, I'm right with you. Like, I feel like I know this story. Why well, he was married to Halle Berry, right? For a long time. Okay, yeah. Left eye burned Oh, no, the- no. I'm thinking Andre Risen. Yes, that sounds more like Andre, Andre Risen, Risen almost got his house burnt down. I'm sorry, David By Justice. I did not mean to besmirch your name. Well, David Justice, I do think, got in some trouble, though. He, uh, oh, yeah, I think things went <laughs> south there as well. <laughs> okay, well, since we're off the tracks, I, yeah. I got to bring up a sad memory because when I was looking, well, I was thinking about my Philly memories. Since that's where you uh, you were born and raised, yeah. Do you know my earliest where you where were you when moment that I can remember is a sports memory that is Philly centered, and it's not a good memory. It was a Sunday morning. We just got back from church. The entire family was in the car when I heard on the radio Pelly Lindbergh died yeah. in a car accident. That is my first moment where I'm like, I knew exactly where I was. I even know where I was sitting in the car. Mm. Was Pelly Lindbergh, in my mind, he was like going to be the greatest goalie of all time. Did did I maybe have a, a false memory of him? Like, what was his status in Philly? So it's weird because Bernie Perrot won the Stanley Cup in the early 70s. So he's him and Bill Barber yeah. and Bobby Clark were royalty. And it was hard for the next generation of flyers to get out of the shadow of those guys. But Pelly Lindbergh was an ascending superstar. Yes. I think the general take was, yeah, he's going to be great. 
But then I, and I, maybe my timing is wrong, but it wasn't long until Hextall got there and he was very popular too. So yeah, it was a, it was a big deal in Philadelphia, but there was a lot going on at that time in sports. So yeah, I don't think it quite had, had that impact. Um, just I, I, honestly, I think it's because the classic flyers are just so much more popular than right. Ron Flockhart flyers that I, I just don't think it had quite that impact that you're talking about. It was still a strange thing to happen. Very yeah. odd that a, a player in his prime yeah. just life snuffed yeah. out. Uh, what Do you was your first? Do you have way, one? Yeah. Do you remember Jerome Brown died about five years later? The Eagles defensive tackle was in it, was driving 100, uh, died like six years later uh, in a car. Really? I don't remember this. Yeah, he was about 30. He was a pro bowler, too. So we had two in the stretch. I assume they were going 100 miles. You know how athletes drive 150 miles an hour? So Yes. But you're right. My first, gosh, my first memory, um, there's there's a story. This is actually hockey related. I would tell you my first, Good. there's a story that I don't remember ever. I don't remember it at all. I think what year did the, the Flyers won in 75, I think. And I was just learning to talk. And apparently we had friends called the Campions, like Jane Campion, C-A-M-P-I-O-N. And they were coming over to dinner. And my parents said, the Campions are coming to dinner. And I said, the Philadelphia Flyers are coming to dinner. I was all excited because I thought they said champions. <laughs> and my mom tells that story. Do you know how moms only tell stories from two to seven and then it cuts off as if you don't exist anymore? <laughs> yeah. so, but uh, but my first real, my big vivid memory is the Philadelphia Eagles beating the Cowboys in the 1981 NFC title game. That was like, that I was all in. Uh, I don't really remember all the details, although I've seen them all on TV. But that was a big, big thing. And that would have been the big shoulder pad and yeah. bone crunching astroturf era. Oh yeah! So we we went we had season tickets to the Eagles game, and the ice at the Spectrum was pretty much the same hardness of the field, and the, it was sort of a strategy <laughs> because we had two wide receivers tore their ACL every game on average. It was it was concrete, and it was the fans in Philadelphia. They're bad now. They are really bad. They were animals back then. I mean, you. <laughs> this I might have made up this memory, but I swear somebody was wheeling at a guy in a wheelchair, and it was really just an excuse because there was a beer ball. Remember beer balls <laughs> hidden underneath yeah. the wheelchair? So basically, somehow uh, we were at the top row of the whole stadium. There were guys with kegs and booze. It was it was <laughs> the drunkest. It was just an excuse to get beyond drunk. And I'm like nine years old, and people are offering me peach schnapps. And I'm like, well, my dad's sitting right next to me, so I don't think I can. Okay, so you know firsthand, do Philly sports fans get a bad rap because they're known for, like, booing Santa and throwing batteries at players? Well, it's a double-edged sword. They're so passionate. I mean, they're really, really into it, which I, I actually would rather have that. I'd rather have Philly sports fans who live and die with the team. And, yeah, they do go too far. Yes, they throw snowballs at a really bad Santa Claus. But they're so happy when the team wins. Like L.A., they get to Dodger Stadium in the third inning. Like, what's that all about? See, I, I'd much <laughs> rather have an intense fan. Now, that being said, I, I might have changed my view as I get a little older. I went to a game. <laughs> I was at a game. Uh, it was an Eagles-Falcons playoff game in 2017. And I was at a urinal. Um, and there was – can we curse or no? No, I will. Yeah. I'll try it. Oh, yeah, you uh, can. Yeah, yeah. And I was, um, I'm going to the bathroom. There's a guy next to me, and they're playing the Falcons. And I hear a guy go, hey, isn't Matt Ryan from Philadelphia? Shouldn't we support him? He goes, oh, yeah, he's from Philadelphia. I still want to rip his bleeping head off and f- down his neck. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, and there's like kids everywhere. I'm like, that's a little extreme. Maybe just sack him a bunch of times. Do you really have to rip down his <laughs> <laughs> and, it, and it was uh, oh my god and then yeah i've i've seen stuff uh little kids uh bomb yeah no little kids <laughs> little kids making obscene gestures of opposing players wives like really like five-year-olds like lining yeah. up like i mean you'll get the bird from as eli manning famously said you'll get the bird from every age uh 
from three through 90, they will give you the middle finger if you are on the other team. So I, I, I think there's a charm to it. Does that make sense? Yeah, that makes sense. And Philly cheesesteak, are they really that good? Because I've never been to Philly, so I've only had Philly cheese. I've never been to Philly. I've never had a reason to go. You've never invited me. um, And I've never had to go there for work, which is why I usually went to most big cities. But yeah, I've never been to Philly. How'd you miss Philly for work? I'm surprised there would have been something there. Nothing was going on. We had no reason to be there. Um, Philly's the cheesesteaks to me. I'm telling you, it is not hype. It is really, really good. We should go to Philly. When are we going to Philly? Let's do this. Okay, let's do it. Yeah, I will take do you it to in Philly. the summer. Yes, that's the best time. Uh, we'll and also the Jersey Shore has great cheesesteaks too. We'll go to Philly. We'll get a cheesesteak. I want to see a Phillies game. I love Phillies games are great. They're they're the probably the most fun experience of all the of the. Philly sports. Yeah, let's do it. Okay, perfect. I want a sweltering day, sitting in the sun, just you and I eating Philly cheesesteaks until we pass out. What's your take on soft pretzels? Are you into those? Okay, so I have a very big take on pretzels because whenever I go to an amusement park or a Jays game or a Leaf game, either they don't have them, so my kids are like, I want a soft pretzel. They're sold out. And then when we get them, they're nothing like you expect. They're rock hard, dry (laughs) as Yeah, yeah. So you're always left underwhelmed. Are you telling me Philly has good soft pretzels in which I won't leave disappointed? Philly invented soft pretzels. It's a soft pretzel. What? Soft pretzels are Philadelphia food. Yeah, they got... Cream cheese, soft pretzels, and cheesesteaks, and something called Scrapple. Do you know what Scrapple? It's like a pork product. It's not good. Okay, so what you're telling me is I should also bring a lot of liquid because it sounds like you'll be very dehydrated if you only eat the Philly-based foods. Well, you 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 lost me when you said day game in the sweltering heat. I'm thinking it's 730 uh, night game. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I can do that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I don't think that would be as fun. But uh, I can't believe you guys invented the soft pretzel. This is news to me. This is breaking news on Boomsies. Yeah. No, it's a big deal. It's a point of pride. I'm. I guess we got to get the word out there that soft pretzels come from Philadelphia. Um, yeah. Yeah. I actually, I don't okay. Know. So I, that's sure. that's our plan. I'm serious. We'll, yeah. we'll and I'll yeah. uh, I'll do a podcast from my uh, from my hotel room in Philadelphia this coming summer. Well, will you? Uh, are you going to come through Brooklyn though? Because we might as well double dip. Because I'm also, I happen to live in the pizza capital of New York city. The four best places in the entire city are within two blocks of my house. So we oh, can and then do, we can pick up Peter Schrager and he can come yeah. with us. Yeah. Schrager's is right down the street. He's, I could walk there in five minutes. Uh, yeah. Pizza. Uh, yeah. I mean, you know, you know how Schrager is though. Things he's going to have to be at this point. He's going to need to sit in a booth at the Phillies game. He's pretty fancy. <laughs> That's right. He is. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. He might, he might ditch us at the Phillies game. He's probably like somehow through the GM of the Eagles, those GM of the Phillies, and he's going to be sitting with the owner and maybe I know. he'll let us in. But he's like very low key about it because he'll be like, uh, he'll send us pictures. He's like, yeah, I was at a buddy's party. Uh, the buddy was like Paul Rudd. Uh, what could you maybe tell us whose party you were at? Not just as at a friend's party. Oh yeah, yeah. But he does drop his Paul Rudd friendship a lot. Like, it is not. <laughs> it is not hard to find out that Peter knows Paul Rudd. That is not exactly a secret, Dan. But that is so cool. I almost. I wanted to choose. I'm a huge Paul Rudd fan. I still haven't met him. He lives close too. And uh, I wanted to choose where my daughter went to school because she's the same age as Paul Rudd's kids. And I was like, oh, my God, wouldn't that be amazing if we were, like, dad friends? Uh, and it didn't happen. <laughs> <laughs> wouldn't that be cool? <laughs> like, uh, sitting was... at, a, like, a parent-teacher conference and, like, waiting with Paul Rudd, making fun of, like, other parents. That amazing. story came to an abrupt end. Yeah. No, that See that's why you want. That's why we need Peter because he's actually friends with Paul Rudd. Doesn't <laughs> doesn't fantasize about being friends with Paul Rudd. Yeah, <laughs> you're right. That's uh, I, should, I gotta hey, I gotta get that one it. out of the reptar. Zip it.
I'm looking after someone's dog right now, and uh, it's only yappy a couple times a day. It's a good little guard dog that will not scare anyone. So wait, but what about your uh, cats? The cats, uh, they seem to all get along. They just all uh, kind of uh, cruise by each other really slow. There's no hissing or barking or anything. They just kind of uh, scope each other out. Oh, that's good. Because that could go severely wrong. And I get the sense that your cats could take that dog down in two seconds. Oh, my God. I would nev- If I was a little dog, I'd never want to fight a cat because they will take your eyes out. Mm. Like, they've got the claws. They've got the fangs. They're vicious. I'm a little afraid of cats. <laughs> I, I will admit. Because they're basically, if they were bigger, they would eat you. Like, they're basically little lions that are walking around your head. Yeah, they're nice and sweet, but they're eyeing you. They're, they're looking at you as food. Think about it. Yeah, and that's what people always say. If you die, so if I do end up choking on my saliva and dying here in this house and my kids aren't here, people always say, you know, your cats, they'll just start chewing your face and stuff. Is that what people so, say? Yeah. It's like they say cats just start eating the body. Like there's no remorse. They're just like, hmm, food. That can't While be a true. dog would be like, a dog would be like, someone come help. Like try to get people's attention. A cat would be like, eh, this is a free smorgasbord now for life. <laughs> See, I think of pigs eat human bodies, but I didn't know cats would start chewing on you. But yeah, right. I grew up on a pig farm. Uh, we did not feed it any human bodies. So, oh, okay. Like in the movie. But I, I never knew that until later in life, yeah, that they pretty much eat anything. Because we only just gave them pig food. Are you okay? What's going on? Are you re- so, Are you moving? Are you in the middle I, of a house move? The sun, the sun came in and was, was blaring right in my face. And uh, I figured, I'm like, you know, I'm not professionally lit here. Yeah, I don't know uh, how important the video compared to the audio component is, but uh, I wanted to- I don't of- give a sh- I, yeah, I, I didn't I didn't think so, but I was actually being blinded by the sun. So I figured uh move it through. But there, there is a different energy and a different heat to that December sun, and when it does hit you, it just feels warmer if you get it directly yeah. on your face. And I bask in it. I tell my kids, I'm like, just feel it on your face for like twenty seconds because it's rejuvenating. That's a good point. Am I the yeah. only one that it does feel different, doesn't it? Yeah. The December sun? No, no. Yeah, no. Your kids think you're crazy when you say stuff like that. <laughs> <laughs> That's a serious old man comment, Dan. <laughs> Basking. The they December. always think I'm crazy. I I was tobogganing with them the other night, and uh, one of my daughter's friends with this was with this. So I get to the bottom of the hill, and it was a crisp night where. You can lie in the snow and you you don't get cold if you're bundled up. So I was just sitting there staring at the the stars. And I hear the friends say to my daughter, she's like, is your dad okay? He's just staring into the abyss. <laughs> There's only one appropriate answer from your daughter. No, he's not all right. Did she say you should you should see what happens when the sun comes out? He freaks out and pretends he's friends is Harry Krishna and wipes well, his arms. That's the thing. So she's she pretty much said like, yeah, he's fine. He does that all the time. <laughs> like. Yeah, he's a space cadet. And I'm like, guys, don't you ever look at the sky? Like, there's so much going on. They're like, uh, no. And then they just kept walking up the hill. When we're at a Phillies game, I'm worried for you. Say we're in the outfield bleachers and the ball comes away. <laughs> you'll be too busy staring at the sun to not notice. Not notice when a, a Reese Hoskins line drive comes over the fence. You in the head. I will so. be in a food coma, though. I can't wait. Oh, definitely. Oh, one cheesesteak, you're down and out. Um, hey, did you watch the World Cup? Um, yeah. On, our, on a uh, podcast the week, uh, no, the Monday after it, I mentioned how it was probably the world's biggest sporting event in the history of the world yeah. because we had uh, my friend Gareth <laughs> Wheeler on, and he said because of the, the, the matchup, Argentina, France in the final, everyone watching Messi with the quality of the game, the comeback and everything with a worldwide audience. It was the biggest sporting event in the history of the world. Your thoughts on the World Cup, because I was transfixed by that final. I think factually, there's some things that support your argument. Is is it the most watched sporting event of all time? 
I like number wise. I'm not sure. Close. It's close. I mean, it's like the Super Bowl, millions of billions. I think you have a great argument, but I have to be honest. I didn't engage with it like that because I'm my number one sport is NFL, and it was a Sunday morning, and I was getting ready, getting all my my picks and my fantasy team. So it watered it down twenty percent because I I have to admit I was focused on football. Is that okay? okay. I, I feel, but no, it was that's amazing. fine. Yeah, and I, I watch I watch, I watch soccer once every four years, so I uh, could give two shits if you like soccer or not. I've I've uh, I'm not I haven't got money invested in FIFA, so I'm not losing money if you didn't. Watch. But you know what I'm talking though. Have you ever been judged for not knowing enough about soccer by a soccer snob? It's it's tough. No, because I go right. I I hit it head on. I say I don't watch any soccer. I don't pretend to know soccer. Um, so no one ever uh, challenges me on that. Thank God. Yeah. I, again, I'm just like you. I don't totally understand the rules, but I don't understand the extra time, but I loved it. I, and I'm an Mbappe guy. I was actually rooting for France because of him. Yeah, he's 23. I didn't realize yeah. that. Okay. You mentioned the stoppage time. Why don't they during play when there's a whistle or something, why don't they just stop the clock? Then, then they don't have any stoppage time. And then when they add time, why can't they have exactly to the second? So everyone's guessing. Yeah. Like you can't run a play like, okay, we got 20 seconds. Let's race. They're like, I don't know how much time. What kind of a sport makes you guess as to when the game is going to end? I have no idea. And it's still, it's the most popular sport in the world. And they don't even have like a hard time out. It's the most bizarre thing. It's like, the, it's like the neighborhood play in baseball. Like, you know, how the shortstop doesn't have to touch second base. Uh, let's end here. Here's good. Let's just end it. I know it's one of the great <laughs> mysteries in sports. I've never understood it. And I never will. But I think they do it now. It's like, now they're just being obstinate. You know, now they're just trying to prove a point. Like, Hey, we're soccer. We can do whatever we want. Yeah, I just, I don't get it. You mentioned how you compared it to a Super Bowl. How many Super Bowls have you been to? Ooh, let's see. Um, probably like, I don't, I don't know the exact number, probably 12. How many? Uh, no. I've been to a lot more Super Bowl weeks, and then lately, last several years, I've left before the game and gone home. The problem always is the Monday show. And when I was at the Dan Patrick show, we had to be on Monday at 9 a.m. And we had to be in Connecticut. So I've probably been to nine games and 17 Super Bowl weeks. Wow. Like that. So I've been to one Super Bowl week is when uh, Jay and I were still with Fox. And we had the option of going to the game. It was in Houston. Okay. And I said, no, nah, I'm going to go home. And I discovered the greatest travel day of my life. And that is leaving a Super Bowl city, yeah. leaving that city on Super Bowl Sunday, uh, because that airport is a ghost town. Yeah. Everyone's already, it there. was an incredible travel experience. That was the pa Patriots Panthers game. Was yes. that the one? Yeah. No, that's brilliant. I'm uh, pretty sure it was Patriots Panthers. I don't know. I yeah. didn't even go to the stadium. I don't even know where the stadium is in relation to downtown Houston. I was at that Super Bowl week. I didn't go to the game either. So I have no idea. Yeah, I think it's pretty close. Yeah, I with the family and stuff, all I think about is the logistics of how do I get out of this town. So here's a tricky yeah. one. I have a real tricky one. So my, my co-host, Maggie Gray, is a Buffalo yeah. Bills fan. And I'm a Philadelphia Eagles fan. So right now we're one and two in Super Bowl odds. So we're like, oh my God, if they play, we have to go to the game. If either team of plays, course. we have. So how do you, but if they don't play, say it's the 49ers and the Chiefs, then we want to get out of town. So mm -hmm. we have to book, we have to make a decision. If you book the flight to leave Monday, are you thereby jinxing your team and guaranteeing that they will not make the Super Bowl? Because that's kind of how I view it. No, I the jinx thing is a crock of because if you can affect the outcome of a game, then you are a sorcerer. You are a <laughs> wizard. So no, there's no, you aren't jinxing anyone by anything you do in your life because you don't 
interact with a single player. Oh, maybe you'll interview a player, but you aren't going to touch the game balls. You aren't going to be talking to a ref. You have no say in what happens in that game. I 100% disagree. And you're telling me where you stand, <laughs> where you stand in the living room isn't affecting what's happening on the TV. I, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> Are you even a sports fan? Do you know how this works, Dan? Like what? <laughs> no, I, a- I, the people, like the whole don't say he's throwing a no hitter. Go f-, f yourself with that crap. Like uh, there's no jinxes. So you're fully in on the jinx. Yes, fully. There's a great scene. Uh, do you know the show? It's always sunny in Philadelphia. Uh, of it. course, oh, yeah. amazing. The first yeah. four seasons of that when it was like kind of raw and before uh, they went to HD is just brilliant TV. Oh, it's the best. And they did one uh, the year the Eagles won the Super Bowl where I think it's Jason Kelsey comes into the bar at the end. He goes, I just want to let you guys know everything that you fans do affects what we do on the field. It's a proven fact. <laughs> 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 and uh and charlie day is like i knew it <laughs> no no but i think it's something that sports fans do to manage their anxiety because it's like when you're in a plane and you have no control of what's happening well you're watching sports you desperately want to control it so you think to yourself well maybe if i go get a sandwich now it'll help the i don't know i yeah we're crazy we're sports fans the you yeah. with your logic i know i'm aware i'm not a sorcerer but that being <laughs> said i have i'm such a nervous fan especially about sports betting <laughs> that I will hit mute before a big play, then unmute, then mute, then mute. I have a system. It's a complete OCD. <laughs> I should actually see a psychologist about this, but I have a complete system of how I approach a big play. Now this won't affect our, our watching a Phillies game in person. No, 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 no. Fine, a, re- right? a, a regular season Phillies game is always not a playoff game. There's nothing. Okay. There. Yeah. I'm fine. Hey, uh, you brought up It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Does that show of a cult-like status then in Philly? You know, I don't know because I was in New York by the time it came out. Yeah, it has a special place. It's really – it's my favorite show. I, I just – I love it. The um, fact that they got Wade Boggs on it because uh, – The Wade Boggs. Wade Boggs. <laughs> <laughs> like, if people don't know, there's a there's a there's uh, an urban myth about him and he drank like 50 beers on a plane or something. Oh, yeah, yeah, exactly. So they want to do the Wade Boggs drinking game. Yeah. Yeah. So And then they actually got Wade Boggs. So he bought into this urban myth. He didn't say if it was true or false, but he was there. And I'm like, I can't believe they got him to go along with it. Amazing. Like, it's just like that. The fact that Danny DeVito's been there since day one on that show. No, I think he was, I think he entered in the second season. Uh, I'm not. He's been there since the second season, like (laughs) I said. There's an episode, <laughs> as you, I know you know the early seasons. Have you ever seen the one where he gre- Danny DeVito greases himself out, gre- greases himself up and hides in the couch so he can hear his coworkers talking about, the, about him? Yes. You, and then he emerges from the couch because he can't breathe. <laughs> There's so many moments. Oh. Amazing. Yeah, yeah. I, uh, you know, I was a little late to it. I actually, I caught it more on, Netflix or Hulu or I stream the whole thing and then I would watch them all over again and I you know how you have like one go-to streaming show when you have nothing else to watch it's always been for me it's always been sunny uh if you've never seen 30 Rock being oh, that I, bad boy I love 30 Rock you know there's a great Canadian reference in 30 Rock uh oh there's a lot when the one character joins and he always yeah. <laughs> makes reference to Mark Tressman. So I the funny thing, you know why I know that? Because I knew Mark Tressman pretty well back in the day. Because yeah. Mark I ghost wrote a column for FoxSports.com by Mark Tressman. <laughs> Not the the former Bears head coach, great Stanford guy, brilliant. And then the guy I'm watching 30 Rock and it's a big time ago. He goes, Wait, you mean Montreal Alouettes coach Mark Tressman? And I thought it was the greatest moment of my life. Because I'm a big Mark Tre- I'm the only Mark Tressman fan. It was great. And I'm like, who gets that joke other than me? And I guess and you guys, but amazing. Oh yeah. Uh, like Alec Baldwin. It's just there's so many moments where that show is just uh. it's just gold. I don't think they can. Uh, I'm not sure they can make that show today. It was so politically incorrect, too. I mean, I hope they. Sonny is the same way. There are actually a few episodes that are pulled yeah. um, wherever it's streaming because there was something inappropriate. So they had to yank the episode. Yeah. So, yeah oh, I know. That's... Hey, um, getting back to Super Bowl, 
So you go and you uh, sit on Radio Row, right? Uh, so Super Bowl, the, the big-time NFL writers get to go in the press box. Are you, oh, the, uh, during the week, yes. I'm talking wow. the Super Bowl week. So when I was with the Dan Patrick show, Dan would not go on Radio Row because he thought he was too big for it. And he was correct. So yeah. he, he always convinced management to build these beautiful sets. And they were amazing. So we built in, it was in Arizona like it is this year. They built a small Western town for Dan. And guests would come and just be blown away. And it was really worth the investment because it separated us from every other show. In New Orleans, he built like a Bourbon Street set. Uh, so we were always off Radio Row. Now my new show for CBS Sports Radio, I'm on Radio Row. Um, which is actually a lot easier. But it's not Dan has always had spectacular uh, Super Bowl sets. Now, for those that don't know, Radio Row is where all the radio shows, they're, you're like in a convention center, correct? Yeah, exactly. And then you've got an endless parade of current and retired players coming in and hawking their wares. Is that exactly. how it works? Exactly. It's great. So what, what kind of stuff are they? They're like pitching like creams and ointments and like no uh, ankle wraps what's going on no it's old spice and gatorade it's and it's oh, always okay. the same no it's always it's the bit believe me no it's like procter and gamble it's huge huge products gatorade is every year is gatorade every year you get a new old spice t-shirt which are great uh <laughs> So, no, there's never any weird like Brett Favre, like Copperfit kind of thing. There's none okay, of that. Okay, okay. At least in the show, I'm sure there are guys doing that, but we we don't get them. But uh, the funny thing too is sometimes you'll get a request. It's like uh, you'll ask. I, mostly the producer does this, but you'll want like, oh, can we get like I don't know, like Barry Sanders and Troy Aikman, and they'll be like, hey, how about like this guy from who is like a defensive tackle on the 1993 Tennessee Titans. <laughs> I'm like, it's Super Bowl week. You better show up and give us somebody everyone's heard of. So there's a little yeah. pressure there. Yeah. Um, you, uh, you mentioned uh, your work on the, the Dan Patrick show. Did I tell you my one and only time I met Dan Patrick? No, I have never heard. Oh, this I didn't No. What, what happened? Okay. I'll set, I'll set the scene. We're in Russia for the Olympics. Ooh. Uh, Jay and I, uh, we were with the Fox crew at a tiny hotel that didn't have any amenities, but we had free access to to the spas at the really nice hotels oh, okay. in which like ESPN and NBC, whatever, all those people were staying at. So we're over there. Uh, enjoying like a Turkish steam and all that with uh, Jay and myself and three other buddies. And we, we can barely see each other because of the steam in this one steam shower. Door opens up and we hear... <laughs> Someone walks in. We're like, oh, that person doesn't sound good. That person proceeds to introduce himself as, hi, I'm Dan Patrick. I'm hey, Dan guys. Patrick. Nice to meet you. <laughs> after but, he had just lost a lung he's like yeah i'm not feeling good trying to sweat it out here this is before covid oh i know if Dan this was, was during covid yeah. we would we Run. would not have we would have ran out of that steam room yeah no i so remember. we met him half he was in a towel we were all in towels that was our one and only encounter with dan patrick half well, naked. jay was on the show in la and you were i think you were supposed to come that day or something i i can't remember yeah that was back in my drinking days. I was probably hungover. Gotcha. And I, I always was got early. out of things like that. And Jay was always great. He's like, don't worry, I'll cover for you. I'll say uh, you had other commitments. Oh, my God. Well, can I, uh, can I offer my view on when Dan and Jay became a phenomenon in America? So okay, you, guys, so. you guys were supposed to be the Dan and Keith of Canada. Correct. But I watched you guys. It struck me you were closer to the Dan and Dan of Canada. Because who's Keith? See, I don't know enough about their show. Oh, I, yes. I watched Canadian broadcasters because I could never get their show here. Oh, okay. So Keith, what Dan is, is wry sense of humor. I mean, yeah. Dan has the same exact sense of humor as you and Jay, where Keith was just a completely different trip altogether. I mean, you know Keith now. I mean, so I, I just like. He's out I, there. He's out there. Yeah. Yeah. No, Dan is very similar. And I mean, this totally is a full compliment. 
to you and Jay. So I always thought like, yeah, I get the, the witty repartee. That totally is there. But it was, uh, Keith is a, became very different. Keith was just unusual by the end, especially. And he tried to make you laugh with his smarts almost. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, right, right, right. Where, yeah, I don't know. I have to think back. I love Dan and Keith. So we would watch it at night. And then wake up in the morning and watch the replay of it. And they were just, you know, mm-hmm. they were really the originals who invented, I think, this form of sports coverage. You know, all the popular, I don't think you have Bill Simmons and Dan Levitard and all these really funny, amazing analysts if you don't have Dan and Keith introducing humor into sports. Because they were really, really funny. Dan with this wry sense of humor. Keith, yeah, Keith was just different. Yeah, so. That's my yeah, so we had two guys up here that I watched, uh, Mark Hebsher and Jim Taddy, who were on okay. a show called Sports Line. So they were kind of our equivalent. But every it seems like every region kind of had a pair like that here in Canada because unless you had a big honking-ass satellite, which they zapped every like uh, month or so here in Canada, you could never see ESPN. So we were really in the dark. Um, yeah. You know... But you remember, you were guys, do you remember the marketing push to call you the Dan and Keith? Does that, does that ring a bell? Mm, that, well, they, we've always been asked about that. Yes. Yeah. Because Fox pushed you out there like that, I, I thought, anyway. Oh, well, they kind of put us out there. They didn't really know what to do with this. Because yeah. they put us on that three-hour show with Carissa and Andy Roddick and Gary Payton and even like it was just it was too much going on. There was Got too it. much, and then oh yeah, here's the highlights over here. People are like, well, why do what is happening? Even <laughs> we'd be on the show, we're like, what is happening? <laughs> Wait, who is a? Uh, I can't remember. So when Fox did that big push, I remember Andy. I remember Jason Gay was on a show, and I remember. Uh, there's a lot of great talent. Jason Gay people. was on the show with um with uh, Regis Philbin. Oh right, Regis was in the mix. Yeah, there was just a gigantic push of talent. But you're right; like I can't remember how it was all organized. Yeah, so he was Jason Gay was actually on Boomsies uh, talking about his new book, and he yeah. talked about how he was on a show with Regis, and he still shakes his head that that happened. That was Regis's last TV gig. Mm. And um, he said he'd always try to spend a couple minutes with him each day. And he, Regis would always refer to himself in the third person. He's like, hey, Regis doesn't want to eat alone. You're going to eat with Regis? <laughs> and it was just like classic. That show was called Crowd Goes Wild. Yeah, I remember. Yeah, which I remember. was a very watchable show, but it was just too expensive because they did that in New York. Yes, that, that probably was as insane. opposed to everything else being done in LA where it was contained and you were on the lot in a studio. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, that's, I think what ESPN does. So ESPN drags everyone up to Bristol, Connecticut for that very reason. Because, but now, you know, by the way, Jason Gay, another neighbor, but the, there's a huge ESPN presence right across the river from where I'm standing right now. Basically, if I went out on the deck, with my computer, we could wave at Mike Greenberg doing get up right now. <laughs> but you're right. It's got to be, it's got to be expensive though. We don't need to do that. I'd rather wave at the CBS uh, sports radio morning show, which I oh, what the hell is it? Cause I always put it on when the kids uh, get out of the car, when I drop them off at school. Boomer and Gia. Is that it? I don't know. The one I get on satellite radio. I don't think it's that. Uh, it's something else. I don't know. You're on it though. It's pre-programmed into my uh into my uh my satellite radio presets, Maggie and Perloff, and you probably get uh, the question from your buddies that I always get. People are like, "Oh, Jay and Dan, why isn't your name first? And I'm like, "Cuz it doesn't sound right." Yeah, yeah. No, no, Dan no. and Jay. And you can't go and I know why it goes Maggie and Perloff cuz cuz you go a soft Maggie and Perloff. It'd be Pearl off and Maggie. You got to soft and then go to the hard P. Yeah. Well, our big issue was to call it, whether to call it Maggie and Pearl off or whether to call it Maggie and McLovin, which was my name on the Dan Patrick show. But for a couple reasons, we decided to go Maggie and Pearl off. One, I think there's some ownership to McLovin of the Dan Patrick show. So I didn't want to like just steal that. This, so also, I, you know, McLovin, which you introduced me as, it's always been a limiting nickname in a sense. 
because I could be I could be the greatest broadcaster of all time. I could be the number one sports journalist. There's always going to be a McLovin from Superbad who is the best. When you say McLovin, you're like, oh, yeah, McLovin's hysterical. Remember the fake ID? So I was always yeah. limited by being the other McLovin. Uh, and I couldn't really brand myself as McLovin because there's an amazing McLovin from the movie Superbad. So we decided to try try to move away from that McLovin. That's why wouldn't we Superbad have ownership of McLovin and not the Dan Patrick show? <laughs> yeah, of course. <laughs> of course. And also, too, there was a Bill Simmons on his podcast said like three years ago, he's like, I can't believe they're still calling that guy McLovin. <laughs> he's like, that was now several years ago. But I, I mean, I, I don't know. You're right. Superbad does own it. And that's the other thing too. Like, I mean, McLovin and Superbad is almost the perfect movie character. Everything he did was amazing. So, and, and then we've had Christopher Mintz plots. We used to have him on the show. And every time he came on, He's uh, Dan be like, oh, do, you must get a lot of questions about our McLovin. And Christopher Mintz plots like, no, no, no. I mean, I'm a wo- <laughs> no, not at all. No, yeah, no one that's what he said. <laughs> so I, I should be a fan of his, but I'm not really. But anyway, uh, yeah. So we're Maggie and Perloff, and you're right. You have to have a rhythm to it. And also, you know, I got the job. Maggie was already there, and I was sort of coming. I was the second one there. So I don't care. What's the well, it's a great show. I always listen uh, in the afternoons. Yeah. What are you, two to five, right? Uh, three to six Eastern time. So <laughs> that was close. I was yeah, yeah, an yeah, hour yeah. off on both ends. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, it depends I, where I you listen are. between two and five. I listen to the Maggie Perloff pre-show at two. Yeah. No, that's our best hour. <laughs> two to three. We're amazing. <laughs> well, we're two to five yeah, so... in a huge chunk of the country. So that's fine. So it's great. You, if you've got uh, satellite radio, you can hear you guys here. And you can also see Andrew in the new Adam Sandler movie, the new basketball movie. And you give me so much street cred because I drop it to friends. I drop it to my kids. The other day, my oldest was watching it. And I'm like, yeah, my buddy's in that movie. No big deal. Because <laughs> you, you play a reporter. You're in it for... A good 30 seconds yep. when the player shows up for the the combine and no, you no. interview him through the window. No, I'm the one who informs him. For the draft. Him. For the yeah, draft. No, 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 no. He hasn't even gotten to the combine yet. I'm the one who informs him that he's in the combine. So the oh, backs- you tell him he's yeah. in it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, spoiler alert. So I'm really curious. <laughs> Netflix is pushing out Hustle for Oscars. What if the movie was nominated for an Oscar? Would that be the most like, crazy thing of all time? I love it. It was a great movie. I was yeah. uh, I was transfixed. Made I watched the entire thing in one sitting, which is rare for me because I like to move around and do things. I don't like to sit idle. So I thought it was brilliantly done in the basketball. The, the problem with bas- or sports movies for me is the play is too unrealistic. Yeah. This was it was real. That was the best. Part he had a professional basketball player playing the player. Yeah, he they, played for the Raptors. They the way they shot it and choreographed the basketball was amazing. Um, yeah, uh, Anthony Edwards is the bad guy, or kind of the bad guy, was amazing. Uh, Wancho Hernan Gomez, who played the the lead, uh, the fact that he could act and play basketball is crazy. Uh, I mm-hmm. you know, and the script was great. The guy who wrote the script actually had just written an Oscar winning script. Uh, before that, it was a legit scriptwriter. So I've been, in, but you, what you don't know is that was my fourth Sandler movie. I've been in four. That's others. right. You were also in uh, Mama's Boy. No, 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 no. Uh, Grandma's Boy. You mean no? That I wish I was in Grandma's no. Boy. No, that wasn't. That was Alan Covert, my buddy. But uh, I was in That's My Boy with uh, That's with My Boy, Andy Samberg. Yeah, but I, and I held a boom mic in that. And my name was Louis Giamona, who was a role player on the Eagles, which kind of like your your Blue Jays utility player. And uh, (laughs) then I was in the week of, and uh, what was the other one? And Pixels, uh, which was in Toronto. We shot in Toronto. It was great. And I went to the Soho House in Toronto. It was the best four days ever. And I'm in the movie for this, a fraction of a second. But this was the first time. Do you get residuals off of any of these still? The week of is the biggest residuals. And what happened was we had this big scene and it rained. And the one day we were available to shoot was blown out. So the four four guys from the Dan Patrick show, the director, who's a comic legend, Robert Smigel, goes, all right, boys, here's what we're going to do. You're going to walk. Robert Smigel? 
He directed it, yeah. He said, wow. Triumph the dog. Oh. And he goes, all right, boys, here's what you're going to do. You're going to walk across the parking lot, and the drone shot's going to get you as we go on to Adam. So basically, all we're doing is walking across the parking lot, and Adam Sandler's coming this way. So they start focusing on us for a half a second. And then they go on Adam Sandler, who's pushing a wheelchair. And uh, I get residual checks from that for just walking across the parking lot. Because our, all our lines and everything was blown away by the rain. But uh, and it was a Netflix movie. It was actually really good. Chris Rock and Adam Sandler, their kids are getting married. It was pretty funny. And it, uh, how big are these checks? Are they like uh, oh. comically small, like yes. twenty cents? No, yes. the, okay. No, no, they're they are not big. They're not paying for my kids' college. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, have you? It. Well, yeah. Uh, go ahead. Go ahead. Have you ever been in a movie or a TV show? Uh, yes, I was in the Corner Gas movie, which is a Canadian show up here. Jay and I were in it. Yeah, and I bit was in the corner gas animated as well, and uh, I heard a, that's about it. I heard a podcast with the corner ga- gas creators not too long ago. Yeah, that's a. I know that's with a Brent huge, Butt. Yeah, he was on. It was either Conan or Mark Maron. He was on one of the big podcasts. It was really cool. Great storytelling. He's awesome. Brent Butt is a yeah. Canadian legend. He'll be yeah. on Money one day. Yeah, uh, you are an American legend. And uh, I hope people can check out your new show, Maggie and Perloff. They can check you out. Uh, what is, what's the Sandler movie? Hustle and Flow? Hustle. No, Hustle. <laughs> hustle. No. Hustle. <laughs> hustle and Flow is a very different movie. If you click on with your kids, let's all get around <laughs> watch Hustle and Flow. You will not see Andrew Perloff in that movie. <laughs> I'll be like, wow. I wonder when uh, Perloff gets in here. I just can't quite see it happening. But you didn't let me break down my Canadian indie rock bands yet. We don't have time. Fair. Fair. We'll have to have you back. We'll have Love you to. back. Love to. And when we have I'm to... in Philly. When yes. I'm in Philly and we go to a Phillies game, because that's happening this coming summer. I can't wait. Perfect. Okay. Have a great uh, holiday with your uh, your family, and we'll see you in Philly in six months. Love it. Thanks, Dan. See you, buddy. Welcome to Boomsies with Dan O'Toozie. Live from Orno in the heart of Ontario. Oh, baby, Boomsies. Thanks for listening to Boomsies with Dan O'Toole on the Bet Rivers Network.